Section forty two of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Book seven. Alyosha. Chapter one. The Breath of Corruption. The body of Father Zasima was prepared for burial according to the established ritual as is well known the bodies of dead monks and hermits are not washed in the words of the church ritual if any one of the monks depart in the lord the monk designated that is whose office it is shall wipe the body with warm water making first the sign of the cross with a sponge on the forehead of the deceased on the breast on the hands and feet and on the knees and that is enough all this was done by father paisi who then clothed the deceased in his monastic garb and wrapped him in his cloak which was according to custom somewhat slit to allow of its being folded about him in the form of a cross on his head he put a hood with an eight-cornered cross the hood was left open and the dead man's face was covered with black gauze in his hands was put an icon of the saviour towards morning he was put in the coffin which had been made ready long before it was decided to leave the coffin all day in the cell in the larger room in which the elder used to receive his visitors and fellow monks as the deceased was a priest and monk of the strictest rule the gospel not the psalter had to be read over his body by monks in holy orders the reading was begun by father joseph immediately after the requiem service father paisi desired later on to read the gospel all day and night over his dead friend but for the present he as well as the father superintendent of the hermitage was very busy and occupied for something extraordinary an unheard of even unseemly excitement and impatient expectation began to be apparent in the monks and the visitors from the monastery hostels and the crowds of people flocking from the town and as time went on this grew more and more marked both the superintendent and father paisi did their utmost to calm the general bustle and agitation when it was fully daylight some people began bringing their sick in most cases children with them from the town as though they had been waiting expressly for this moment to do so evidently persuaded that the dead elder's remains had a power of healing which would be immediately made manifest in accordance with their faith it was only then apparent how unquestionably every one in our town had accepted father zasima during his lifetime as a great saint and those who came were far from being all of the humbler classes this intense expectation on the part of believers displayed with such haste such openness even with impatience and almost insistence impressed father paisi as unseemly though he had long foreseen something of the sort the actual manifestation of the feeling was beyond anything he had looked for when he came across any of the monks who displayed this excitement father paisi began to reprove them such immediate expectation of something extraordinary he said shows a levity possible to worldly people but unseemly in us but little attention was paid him and father paisi noticed it uneasily yet he himself if the whole truth must be told secretly at the bottom of his heart 
cherished almost the same hopes and could not but be aware of it though he was indignant at the too impatient expectation around him and saw in it light-mindedness and vanity nevertheless it was particularly unpleasant to him to meet certain persons whose presence aroused in him great misgivings in the crowd in the dead man's cell he noticed with inward aversion for which he immediately reproached himself the presence of rakitin and of the monk from obdorsk who was still staying in the monastery of both of them father paisi felt for some reason suddenly suspicious though indeed he might well have felt the same about others the monk from obdorsk was conspicuous as the most fussy in the excited crowd he was to be seen everywhere everywhere he was asking questions everywhere he was listening on all sides he was whispering with a peculiar mysterious air his expression showed the greatest impatience and even a sort of irritation as for rakitin he as appeared later had come so early to the hermitage at the special request of madame holikoff as soon as that good-hearted but weak-minded woman who could not herself have been admitted to the hermitage waked and heard of the death of father zossima she was overtaken with such intense curiosity that she promptly dispatched rakitin to the hermitage to keep a careful lookout and report to her by letter every half-hour or so everything that takes place she regarded rakitin as a most religious and devout young man he was particularly clever in getting round people and assuming whatever part he thought most to their taste if he detected the slightest advantage to himself from doing so it was a bright clear day and many of the visitors were thronging about the tombs which were particularly numerous round the church and scattered here and there about the hermitage as he walked round the hermitage father paisi remembered alyosha and that he had not seen him for some time not since the night and he had no sooner thought of him than he at once noticed him in the farthest corner of the hermitage garden sitting on the tombstone of a monk who had been famous long ago for his saintliness he sat with his back to the hermitage and his face to the wall and seemed to be hiding behind the tombstone going up to him father paisi saw that he was weeping quietly but bitterly with his face hidden in his hands and that his whole frame was shaking with sobs father paisi stood over him for a little enough dear son enough dear he pronounced with feeling at last why do you weep rejoice and weep not don't you know that this is the greatest of his days think only where he is now at this moment alyosha glanced at him uncovering his face which was swollen with crying like a child's but turned away at once without uttering a word and hid his face in his hands again maybe it is well said father paisi thoughtfully weep if you must christ has sent you those tears your touching tears are but a relief to your spirit and will serve to gladden your dear heart he added to himself walking away from alyosha and thinking lovingly of him he moved away quickly however for he felt that he too might weep looking at him meanwhile the time was passing 
the monastery services and the requiems for the dead followed in their due course father paisi again took father joseph's place by the coffin and began reading the gospel but before three o'clock in the afternoon that something took place to which i alluded at the end of the last book something so unexpected by all of us and so contrary to the general hope that i repeat this trivial incident has been minutely remembered to this day in our town and in all the surrounding neighbourhood i may add here for myself personally that i feel it almost repulsive to recall that event which caused such frivolous agitation and was such a stumbling-block to many though in reality it was the most natural and trivial matter i should of course have omitted all mention of it in my story if it had not exerted a very strong influence on the heart and soul of the chief though future hero of my story alyosha forming a crisis and turning-point in his spiritual development giving a shock to his intellect which finally strengthened it for the rest of his life and gave it a definite aim and so to return to our story when before dawn they laid father zossima's body in the coffin and brought it into the front room the question of opening the windows was raised among those who were around the coffin but this suggestion made casually by some one was unanswered and almost unnoticed some of those present may perhaps have inwardly noticed it only to reflect that the anticipation of decay and corruption from the body of such a saint was an actual absurdity calling for compassion if not a smile for the lack of faith and the frivolity it implied for they expected something quite different and behold soon after midday there were signs of something at first only observed in silence by those who came in and out and were evidently each afraid to communicate the thought in his mind but by three o'clock those signs had become so clear and unmistakable that the news swiftly reached all the monks and visitors in the hermitage promptly penetrated to the monastery throwing all the monks into amazement and finally in the shortest possible time spread to the town exciting everyone in it believers and unbelievers alike the unbelievers rejoiced and as for the believers some of them rejoiced even more than the unbelievers for men love the downfall and disgrace of the righteous as the deceased elder had said in one of his exhortations the fact is that a smell of decomposition began to come from the coffin growing gradually more marked and by three o'clock it was quite unmistakable in all the past history of our monastery no such scandal could be recalled and in no other circumstances could such a scandal have been possible as showed itself in unseemly disorder immediately after this discovery among the very monks themselves afterwards even many years afterwards some sensible monks were amazed and horrified when they recalled that day that the scandal could have reached such proportions for in the past monks of very holy life had died 
god-fearing old men whose saintliness was acknowledged by all yet from their humble coffins too the breath of corruption had come naturally as from all dead bodies but that had caused no scandal nor even the slightest excitement of course there had been in former times saints in the monastery whose memory was carefully preserved and whose relics according to tradition showed no signs of corruption this fact was regarded by the monks as touching and mysterious and the tradition of it was cherished as something blessed and miraculous and as a promise by god's grace of still greater glory from their tombs in the future one such whose memory was particularly cherished was an old monk job who had died seventy years before at the age of a hundred and five he had been a celebrated ascetic rigid in fasting and silence and his tomb was pointed out to all visitors on their arrival with particular respect and mysterious hints of great hopes connected with it that was the very tomb on which father paisi had found alyosha sitting in the morning another memory cherished in the monastery was that of the famous father varsonafi who was only recently dead and had preceded father zossima in the eldership he was reverenced during his lifetime as a crazy saint by all the pilgrims to the monastery there was a tradition that both of these had lain in their coffins as though alive that they had shown no signs of decomposition when they were buried and that there had been a holy light in their faces and some people even insisted that a sweet fragrance came from their bodies yet in spite of these edifying memories it would be difficult to explain the frivolity absurdity and malice that were manifested beside the coffin of father zossima it is my private opinion that several different causes were simultaneously at work one of which was the deep-rooted hostility to the institution of elders as a pernicious innovation an antipathy hidden deep in the hearts of many of the monks even more powerful was jealousy of the dead man's saintliness so firmly established during his lifetime that it was almost a forbidden thing to question it for though the late elder had won over many hearts more by love than by miracles and had gathered round him a mass of loving adherence none the less in fact rather the more on that account he had awakened jealousy and so had come to have bitter enemies secret and open not only in the monastery but in the world outside it he did no one any harm but why do they think him so saintly and that question alone gradually repeated gave rise at last to an intense insatiable hatred of him that i believe was why many people were extremely delighted at the smell of decomposition which came so quickly for not a day had passed since his death at the same time there were some among those who had been hitherto reverently devoted to the elder who were almost mortified and personally affronted by this incident this was how the thing happened as soon as signs of decomposition had begun to appear the whole aspect of the monks betrayed their secret motives in entering the cell they went in stayed a little while and hastened out to confirm the news to the crowd of other monks waiting outside some of the latter shook their heads mournfully 
but others did not even care to conceal the delight which gleamed unmistakably in their malignant eyes and now no one reproached them for it no one raised his voice in protest which was strange for the majority of the monks had been devoted to the dead elder but it seemed as though god had in this case let the minority get the upper hand for a time visitors from outside particularly of the educated class soon went into the cell too with the same spying intent of the peasantry few went into the cell though there were crowds of them at the gates of the hermitage after three o'clock the rush of worldly visitors was greatly increased and this was no doubt owing to the shocking news people were attracted who would not otherwise have come on that day and had not intended to come and among them were some personages of high standing but external decorum was still preserved and father Paisi, with a stern face continued firmly and distinctly reading aloud the gospel apparently not noticing what was taking place around him though he had in fact observed something unusual long before but at last the murmurs first subdued but gradually louder and more confident reached even him it shows god's judgment is not as man's father Paisi heard suddenly the first to give utterance to this sentiment was a layman an elderly official from the town known to be a man of great piety but he only repeated aloud what the monks had long been whispering they had long before formulated this damning conclusion and the worst of it was that a sort of triumphant satisfaction at that conclusion became more and more apparent every moment soon they began to lay aside even external decorum and almost seemed to feel they had a sort of right to discard it and for what reason can this have happened some of the monks said at first with a show of regret he had a small frame and his flesh was dried up on his bones what was there to decay it must be a sign from heaven others hastened to add and their opinion was adopted at once without protest for it was pointed out too that if the decomposition had been natural as in the case of every dead sinner it would have been apparent later after a lapse of at least twenty-four hours but this premature corruption was in excess of nature and so the finger of god was evident it was meant for a sign this conclusion seemed irresistible gentle father Yosef, the librarian a great favorite of the dead man's tried to reply to some of the evil speakers that this is not held everywhere alike and that the incorruptibility of the bodies of the just was not a dogma of the orthodox church but only an opinion and that even in the most orthodox regions at athos for instance they were not greatly confounded by the smell of corruption and there the chief sign of the glorification of the saved was not bodily incorruptibility but the color of the bones when the bodies have lain many years in the earth and have decayed in it and if the bones are yellow as wax that is the great sign that the lord has glorified the dead saint if they are not yellow but black it shows that god has not deemed him worthy of such glory 
that is the belief in athos a great place where the orthodox doctrine has been preserved from of old unbroken and in its greatest purity said father joseph in conclusion but the meek father's words had little effect and even provoked a mocking retort that's all pedantry and innovation no use listening to it the monks decided we stick to the old doctrine there are all sorts of innovations nowadays are we to follow them all added others we have had as many holy fathers as they had there they are among the turks they have forgotten everything their doctrine has long been impure and they have no bells even the most sneering added father joseph walked away grieving the more since he had put forward his own opinion with little confidence as though scarcely believing in it himself he foresaw with distress that something very unseemly was beginning and that there were positive signs of disobedience little by little all the sensible monks were reduced to silence like father joseph and so it came to pass that all who loved the elder and had accepted with devout obedience the institution of the eldership were all at once terribly cast down and glanced timidly in one another's faces when they met those who were hostile to the institution of elders as a novelty held up their heads proudly there was no smell of corruption from the late elder varsonophy but a sweet fragrance they recalled malignantly but he gained that glory not because he was an elder but because he was a holy man and this was followed by a shower of criticism and even blame of father zossima his teaching was false he taught that life is a great joy and not a veil of tears said some of the more unreasonable he followed the fashionable belief he did not recognize material fire in hell others still more unreasonable added he was not strict in fasting allowed himself sweet things ate cherry jam with his tea ladies used to send it to him is it for a monk of strict rule to drink tea could be heard among some of the envious he sat in pride the most malignant declared vindictively he considered himself a saint and he took it as his due when people knelt before him he abused the sacrament of confession the fiercest opponents of the institution of elders added in a malicious whisper and among these were some of the oldest monks strictest in their devotion genuine ascetics who had kept silent during the life of the deceased elder but now suddenly unsealed their lips and this was terrible for their words had great influence on young monks who were not yet firm in their convictions the monk from obdorsk heard all this attentively heaving deep sighs and nodding his head yes clearly father ferapont was right in his judgment yesterday and at that moment father ferapont himself made his appearance as though on purpose to increase the confusion i have mentioned already that he rarely left his wooden cell by the apiary he was seldom even seen at church and they overlooked this neglect on the ground of his craziness and did not keep him to the rules binding on all the rest 
but if the whole truth is to be told they hardly had a choice about it for it would have been discreditable to insist on burdening with the common regulations so great an ascetic who prayed day and night he even dropped asleep on his knees if they had insisted the monks would have said he is holier than all of us and he follows a rule harder than ours and if he does not go to church it's because he knows when he ought to he has his own rule it was to avoid the chance of these sinful murmurs that father ferapont was left in peace as every one was aware father ferapont particularly disliked father zossima and now the news had reached him in his hut that god's judgment is not the same as man's and that something had happened which was in excess of nature it may well be supposed that among the first to run to him with the news was the monk from obdorsk who had visited him the evening before and left his cell terror-stricken i have mentioned above that though father paisi standing firm and immovable reading the gospel over the coffin could not hear nor see what was passing outside the cell he gauged most of it correctly in his heart for he knew the men surrounding him well he was not shaken by it but awaited what would come next without fear watching with penetration and insight for the outcome of the general excitement suddenly an extraordinary uproar in the passage in open defiance of decorum burst on his ears the door was flung open and father ferapont appeared in the doorway behind him there could be seen accompanying him a crowd of monks together with many people from the town they did not however enter the cell but stood at the bottom of the steps waiting to see what father ferapont would say or do for they felt with a certain awe in spite of their audacity that he had not come for nothing standing in the doorway father ferapont raised his arms and under his right arm the keen inquisitive little eyes of the monk from obdorsk peeped in he alone in his intense curiosity could not resist running up the steps after father ferapont the others on the contrary pressed farther back in sudden alarm when the door was noisily flung open holding his hands aloft father ferapont suddenly roared casting out i cast out and turning in all directions he began at once making the sign of the cross at each of the four walls and four corners of the cell in succession all who accompanied father ferapont immediately understood his action for they knew he always did this wherever he went and that he would not sit down or say a word till he had driven out the evil spirits satan go hence satan go hence he repeated at each sign of the cross casting out i cast out he roared again he was wearing his coarse gown girt with a rope his bare chest covered with gray hair could be seen under his hempen shirt his feet were bare as soon as he began waving his arms the cruel irons he wore under his gown could be heard clanking father paisi paused in his reading stepped forward and stood before him waiting what have you come for worthy father why do you offend against good order why do you disturb the peace of the flock he said at last looking sternly at him what have i come for you ask why what is your faith 
shouted father ferapont crazily i've come here to drive out your visitors the unclean devils i've come to see how many have gathered here while i have been away i want to sweep them out with a birch broom you cast out the evil spirit but perhaps you are serving him yourself father paisi went on fearlessly and who can say of himself i am holy can you father i am unclean not holy i would not sit in an armchair and would not have them bow down to me as an idol thundered father ferapont nowadays folk destroy the true faith the dead man your saint he turned to the crowd pointing with his finger to the coffin did not believe in devils he gave medicine to keep off the devils and so they have become as common as spiders in the corners and now he has begun to stink himself in that we see a great sign from god the incident he referred to was this one of the monks was haunted in his dreams and later on in waking moments by visions of evil spirits when in the utmost terror he confided this to father zossima the elder had advised continual prayer and rigid fasting but when that was of no use he advised him while persisting in prayer and fasting to take a special medicine many persons were shocked at the time and wagged their heads as they talked over it and most of all father ferapont to whom some of the censorious had hastened to report this extraordinary counsel on the part of the elder go away father said father paisi in a commanding voice it's not for man to judge but for god perhaps we see here a sign which neither you nor i nor any one of us is able to comprehend go father and do not trouble the flock he repeated impressively he did not keep the fasts according to the rule and therefore the sign has come that is clear and it's a sin to hide it the fanatic carried away by a zeal that outstripped his reason would not be quieted he was seduced by sweetmeats ladies brought them to him in their pockets he sipped tea he worshipped his belly filling it with sweet things and his mind with haughty thoughts and for this he is put to shame you speak lightly father father paisi too raised his voice i admire your fasting and severities but you speak lightly like some frivolous youth fickle and childish go away father i command you father paisi thundered in conclusion i will go said ferapont seeming somewhat taken aback but still as bitter you learned men you are so clever you look down upon my humbleness i came hither with little learning and here i have forgotten what i did know god himself has preserved me in my weakness from your subtlety father paisi stood over him waiting resolutely father ferapont paused and suddenly leaning his cheek on his hand despondently pronounced in a sing-song voice looking at the coffin of the dead elder to-morrow they will sing over him our helper and defender a splendid anthem and over me when i die all they'll sing will be what earthly joy a little canticle he added with tearful regret you are proud and puffed up this is a vain place 
he shouted suddenly like a madman and with a wave of his hand he turned quickly and quickly descended the steps the crowd awaiting him below wavered some followed him at once and some lingered for the cell was still open and father paisi following father ferapont on to the steps stood watching him but the excited old fanatic was not completely silenced walking twenty steps away he suddenly turned towards the setting sun raised both his arms and as though someone had cut him down fell to the ground with a loud scream my god has conquered christ has conquered the setting sun he shouted frantically stretching up his hands to the sun and falling face downwards on the ground he sobbed like a little child shaken by his tears and spreading out his arms on the ground then all rushed up to him there were exclamations and sympathetic sobs a kind of frenzy seemed to take possession of them all this is the one who is a saint this is the one who is a holy man some cried aloud losing their fear this is he who should be an elder others added malignantly he wouldn't be an elder he would refuse he wouldn't serve a cursed innovation he wouldn't imitate their foolery other voices chimed in at once and it is hard to say how far they might have gone but at that moment the bell rang summoning them to service all began crossing themselves at once father ferapont too got up and crossing himself went back to his cell without looking round still uttering exclamations which were utterly incoherent a few followed him but the greater number dispersed hastening to service father paisi let father joseph read in his place and went down the frantic outcries of bigots could not shake him but his heart was suddenly filled with melancholy for some special reason and he felt that he stood still and suddenly wondered why am i sad even to dejection and immediately grasped with surprise that his sudden sadness was due to a very small and special cause in the crowd thronging at the entrance to the cell he had noticed alyosha and he remembered that he had felt at once a pang at heart on seeing him can that boy mean so much to my heart now he asked himself wondering at that moment alyosha passed him hurrying away but not in the direction of the church their eyes met alyosha quickly turned away his eyes and dropped them to the ground and from the boy's look alone father paisi guessed what a great change was taking place in him at that moment have you too fallen into temptation cried father paisi can you be with those of little faith he added mournfully alyosha stood still and gazed vaguely at father paisi but quickly turned his eyes away again and again looked on the ground he stood sideways and did not turn his face to father paisi who watched him attentively where are you hastening the bell calls to service he asked again but again alyosha gave no answer are you leaving the hermitage what without asking leave without asking a blessing alyosha suddenly gave a wry smile 
cast a strange very strange look at the father to whom his former guide the former sovereign of his heart and mind his beloved elder had confided him as he lay dying and suddenly still without speaking waved his hand as though not caring even to be respectful and with rapid steps walked towards the gates away from the hermitage you will come back again murmured father paisi looking after him with sorrowful surprise end of section forty two